everybody, and welcome to another comic episode of Gave My Mom Found. I am Mike Alberton, and who is with me tonight? Uh, player Stefan JD. Tony Hernandez. <laughs> Our special guest joined us for the first time on the Gave My Mom Found. Yes. Uh, another comic avid reader. Yes. <laughs> very, very excitedly, uh, given the topic. All right. Yes. I think I'll introduce what we're going to... It's going to be a little different than normally what we do, because normally we, we pick a particular like story in this we're this we're talking about a character that me and stefan both really like for some stupid reason mm -hmm. <laughs> i know why and i will talk about that in a second we're actually gonna be kind of talk we're gonna be talking about three different small story art from 1970s and one from the 1980s but they're all like one's two issues one's two issues and one's three issues to be accurate and the first and the character we're gonna be talking about today is Arcade from the Marvel comics. That I bet you people are like, well, who the fuck is that? Good question. Uh, ginger pinball wizard. <laughs> yeah. Most I mean, there's a good chance that if you're a gamer, which you probably are if you listen to this podcast, would know him from the wonderful game Spider-Man and the X-Men for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Yeah. Yep. Like, Arcade's Revenge. That classic. <laughs> Well, it wasn't called Arcade Revenge, though. It was. It had a subtitle. You sure? I looked at this game many I, times in my life. I swear. Okay. I have the box actually on my shelf because I'm that type of guy. I don't <laughs> remember that being one, on this on this box. Was it one of those weird ones that had like a different title on the box than it did on the title screen or something? Yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to look that up right now. We're going to play Factor. <laughs> oh, damn it. He's right. <laughs> Yeah, I never never played that. Never even heard of it before. Yeah, well, actually, okay. I think I had heard of it. Keep it, keep it that way. Game <laughs> is fucking trash. I tried to play it before we did this episode just to play it. At least I was playing Super Nintendo version. I don't know if the SNES version is any different, but it's fucking trash. It no, is. anyone anyone who listens to this podcast knows that Mike is very picky gamer. So <laughs> I don't like Take games that are. Ridiculously hard. It make no sense. Where Spider Man is not fun to control. Okay, that that mm. I got a problem with that. But it's not a that, perfect that, game. I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what introduced me to this character arcade. Who, as as Stefan said, is a ginger that is an assassin for hire that builds complex amusement parks to kill people in. Because why not? Mm -hmm. And it's really weird too because he <laughs> he was already a rich kid. And he was bored and he his dad cut off his allowance. And so he decided to kill his dad and inherit this fortune, which I don't understand why the first thing you think is, well, I should become an assassin after I just inherited this huge fortune because I need money for some reason. Maybe you should but, run for president. Sorry. Yeah, well, okay. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but we're actually going to be digging into a few. We're going to dig in. First, we're going to dig into his origin. Or his first appearance, not really, maybe not Torrid, but his first appearance, which is in Marvel Team Up number 65 and 66 back in 1977. Correct. Uh, and it includes Marvel's British superhero sensation, Captain Britain. Yeah, that's about, that's, I wish it was a costume that didn't even last, because this is not the costume that if anyone is current comic reader, if you've seen him anything recently, or hell, probably in the last like 30 years, he does not have that costume. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, uh, not the same character. I don't think. <laughs> but there, there are fans of Captain Captain Britain. Apparently, I remember when I went to the comic shop to actually buy these two 
key issues. I was asking the dude, I'm like, it's a Marvel team up with Spider-Man and uh, some other guy. And he's like, it's Captain Britain, dude. I'm like, oh, man, like, I didn't know you were a big fan of Captain Britain. Sorry. Was this, was this the same place that doubles as a record store, toy store, brothel and everything else? Or that different place? <laughs> oh, no, this is a different place. Okay. This is the uh, exchange your pants and get comics store. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, the Mar- for those that don't know, Marvel Team Up was a was a run back in the seventies where it's Spider Man and some other hero or villain every single issue is what is what that is. So for those who are like, what the hell is this? It's yeah. But correct. <laughs> uh would Tony, would you like to kind of give a synopsis of this first issue? Both of them or just the first one? We'll start with the first one. Well, in this memorable tale of uh our favorite wall crawler, we got Peter Parker, who's called into the dean of his university to be told that he's going to have a new roommate from the UK. And they I, they don't exactly hit it off immediately. I think Peter just wants to have him over just because he's going to get paid for it. <laughs> he doesn't want him, then he's like, 50 bucks a week? You got it! Yeah. I, and never, I, like, I never like poor Peter. I just... I know it's normal in the comic, but I just don't like poor Peter. He's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's yeah, he's 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 written by Claremont, so he's better than usual. That's true. This is written. This is written by Claremont. Yeah, th- that's the thing I was sort of surprised by when I started reading it is that this is written by Claremont and drawn by John Byrne. I didn't yep. even know they had a run on Marvel Team Up. Yeah, wow. they. Uh, I actually met Chris Claremont too. I think you did yeah. as well, Tony. Yeah, I just met him at New York Comic Con this past year. Yeah, I uh, I have an embarrassing story. <laughs> um, I went to go get uh, an X-Men issue signed by him, and I was just in line, just waiting like everyone else, and I got up there, and I was like, oh, I got to ask him a good question. And I had two questions. I was going to ask him what his favorite arc was in X-Men and what his what he, how he came up with our, creating Arcade. And halfway through asking him about his favorite arc, I kind of got nervous and had a panic attack and realized, oh, my God, I'm talking to Chris Claremont right now. And he, like, finished signing it, and I just kind of snatched it out of his hands. I was like, all right, well, all right, thanks. But all right, bye. (laughs) I just kind of ran away. (laughs) I got so nervous. (laughs) Um, Just to to finish off the issue, the... We sort of have one of the classic sort of superhero misunderstandings that lead to a short fight. Spider-Man seems to keep getting his ass handed to him unless he's uh, being written by someone who wants him to win. <laughs> I guess, I mean, a big part of it is to show that they're equal in power for the most part. And Captain Britain is also, like, doesn't he get his powers from the Scepter? Something stupid? Yeah. From, nah. from an amulet. Oh, yeah. Because he gets a choice, and most of this issue is actually spent on recounting his origin. Um, Maybe more than I would like, but, I mean, you know, who who would know what Captain Britain's origin was if we didn't recite it here? Buddy. (laughs) Yeah, he's sort of given the choice between the amulet of whatever the heck it was called versus the, like, I think it's supposed to be a sword, but when he uses it, it's like a club or something mm-hmm. um he like uses it to fly yeah yeah kind of like mjolnir i guess but uh mm-hmm. yeah cool. most of the issue sort of ends with the origin and then they both get captured by arcade after yeah, they garbage. stop fighting 
Yeah, because they they're Captain Britain sees Spider-Man leaving the apartment, which he just was in with Peter. And he's like, it's Spider-Man. He's like, oh, well, he nobody knows if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But <laughs> if he's running like that, he's got something to hide. So they actually fight in this issue over which, nothing. <laughs> I hate I really hate superheroes fighting each other. It just it makes me upset. <laughs> like, I really don't like Civil War, the movie, because of that. But that's neither here nor there. But it's just one of those things that just bugs me. Like, it bugged me in this issue, except I don't give a shit about Captain Britain. So I was okay with it. But fun fact, <laughs> at least maybe not this version of Captain Britain, but later on, Captain Britain's sister is Elizabeth Bardock, who is Psylocke. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's currently Captain Britain now. What the fuck? Yeah. She actually just became Captain Britain in... Uh... The new Excalibur book, which I think comes out next week. Uh, spoilers, Tony. Just so, kidding. <laughs> brand new developments in the world of Captain Britain. Well, actually, as of this record, when this is published, it won't. It will have been at least a month or two. So. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, we're time travelers, I guess, guys. Yes, we are. <laughs> I do think it's funny how they capture they capture them in a freaking stupid garbage truck that goes over them and just grabs them. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, you know, that's always comics. funny. Um, well, it's just 1977, 1970s comics. I mean, that's, I mean, anyone who reads comics nowadays, these were just so different at the time. Like, you know, you have so much more word bubbles. I want to say, I know at one point they got paid based on how many words they had or per word or something like that. Uh, I think it was just a page rate, maybe at the most, but I okay. don't think it was by words. Could have swore something by word at one yeah. point. But I mean, it, it makes sense given that, uh, you know, you read, you pick up any of those like '80s Uncanny X-Men books, and Claremont just loves to be very wordy. Yeah, he, I think I, because I was reading up on him today, and they said somebody said somebody famous said that he really cared about X-Men so much that he considered them almost real people. Like he got into their lives and was like, "Oh, this is what happened with Scott this week," because yeah. I guess he just cared. But it kind of comes through in the work because. Those are, it's an amazing run if nobody's ever read it. I never have, <laughs> but you already knew that. Yeah. I've read Anyone six listening? issues from it now. Does that count? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. And, and I actually fell in love with um the with Marvel Team Up number 66, which is considered the first real, in quotations, I can't see my quotations, uh, appearance of Arcade. And it's also his first where he's on the cover, pretty much. I actually have mm-hmm. this book. I have both these books, by the way. They were cheap. So do I. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole reason why we're even doing this story. It's mainly just because me and Stefan wanted to talk about arcade because we wanted to. <laughs> really yeah, it it's, it's just it's just so bizarre and out out there. Like the idea of a guy creating this huge like death trap amusement park and putting heroes trapped in pinballs on a pinball table. <laughs> it's Which is just how the issue so... starts. It's yeah, it's yeah. so amazing. I just there's something about that that I love that it's just <laughs> it's just fucking weird. That's what it is. Like the whole and the whole reason why he captures Captain Britain because there's a one in one in fifty people who may be Captain Britain, so he's gonna waste all these resources to catch this one guy who one in fifty chance and not just murder him while he's in the truck. No, like as Stefan was saying, they freaking take Spider Man and Captain Britain, put him in a giant glass ball or plastic ball, whatever the hell it is. And puts mm-hmm. him on a gigantic pinball table. <laughs> yep, stupid, but it's great. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. A, it's almost like the sort of 
it's almost like Riddler if he had way more resources and way less reason to be weird. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm actually, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because like Riddler, uh, he leaves clues for Batman to kind of catch him. It's just his thing. And with Arcade, he doesn't like making his death traps 100% proof. He always gives whoever's in them a chance to get out and survive. So they're kind of, they're even more similar in that way as well. Yeah. I mean, it is cool seeing a giant pinball and your heroes being bounced around like toys and they're getting shocked. <laughs> there's spikes everywhere. I mean, there are some cool images in this in this comic. Like, I, I thought it was cool. And then, you you know, and then, and also Arcade loves holograms and he loves androids because, you know, he's he, 70s. Yep. <laughs> trap, trap so nice, he used it twice. Yep. There's just so many stupid things like i mean there well one i don't know if we mentioned but the place that they're every every time he has in a place where he's trying to assassinate people it's called murder because you know why not yeah murder world <laughs> it's awesome cool what name. else would you name it <laughs> i'm a crazy ass amusement park i don't i got nothing <laughs> Gingerland. <laughs> gotta abide by that comics code authority sir <laughs> you know even though they have a comic i forgot about the stupid comic code authority at this time mm-hmm. uh, all the other comics follow that like we read which which would have been published at this point, kill or be killed. <laughs> you think there's no authority? Okay, back to Murder World. And they're getting caught up in Murder World, and I there's a part where, of course, they get separated because you know why not? Like I do like the joking part when he's running through the mirrors, Captain Britain is, and he's fighting him mirrors of himself or fighting the, the reflections, the stupid reflections that are somehow become androids. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. That's just it was just so weird. That. Like, it, that reminds me a lot of because where I first encountered Arcade was in uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, where oh, had, yeah. there was an entire level in Murder World, and you fought uh, the same thing with like the warped uh, Funhouse Mirror versions of your character that would come out and attack you and stuff. And that was always like one of my favorite levels in that whole game. I have yeah. no recollection of this. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like the second level or second world you go to. And I, I remember, too, that was the first game I bought for my 360. And I was like, oh, my God, they put arcade in this. Holy shit. Like, there's which, a whole level dedicated to him. Which is really strange because this character, I mean, has never been a big character. No. Mm-mm. Always been a super media. I mean, I feel like I've been a more mediocre, more forgotten villain. I mean, you have the you have a couple different games he's in. You have a game from 1989 called oh god x-men something <laughs> murder house or something stupid and, mm-hmm. and it's like an amiga and dos computers i actually have tried to get x-men madness and murder world that's what it's called and i actually have tried to get it to run but i couldn't and it, i couldn't get it to run but i watched i've seen videos of it and it just looks like garbage hot garbage then he's also <laughs> in uh the the one that most people probably know spider-man the x-men in arcade revenge which i did not know that came out in 1992. <laughs> oh, published by LJN. Hmm. Mm. That explains a lot. Yeah. Right? Then he also, then he didn't show up again to Marvel Ultimate Alliance, what we were just talking about. And I mean, it's just kind of strange to me that you bring back the character that's not really been around very much. Yeah. Two uh, other games. I don't even know how they are, but. Well, he's in future comics too. And he kind of plays a big role with those like teams, the new mutants and Excalibur and all those people. But overall, when it comes to like him interacting with major heroes like the X-Men or like he interacts with Doomsday later in this story, that Doomsday. doesn't happen. Uh, or not I, Doomsday. I, uh, Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Man, I wish Our own episode. Doomsday. <laughs> Doomsday. That would, that would be a story. 
And I do like, I mean, one thing about like in, in where they're in murder world, murder world, there's, there's a part where Captain Britain finds his girlfriend or whoever the hell, or girl he likes. I don't know. Courtney, something doesn't matter. And she's in a freaking claw machine and he has to rescue her. But in order, to, in order to rescue, he goes in the control panel and it starts flooding while he's trying to operate a stupid claw machine and rescue her, which if it's a claw machine, you already failed. So why even try? Because they're, I, those things are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't do claw machine. So Stefan's life was hanging in the balance if he did. I just wouldn't be able to do it. So. I've only My... seen someone win something once out of one of those things. My wife is good at it, but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I, I I actually have over 200 claw machine dolls in my closet. Wow. Okay. That was yeah, a question I, I didn't really ask nor need to know. <laughs> I'm really good at claw machines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. And I mean, and again, there isn't a whole lot more that happens. It just Spider-Man breaks through the wall and ends up getting to the control panel because the arcade's in a little control panel, of course, where he's operating all the machinery. As we said before, everything is everything is made with a way for them to succeed if they can figure it out. Which is Arcade's whole thing is if he's going to kill you, he wants you to be stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he... I, yes, I was just going to say he says uh, one of my favorite lines too in the issue. He says, "Quiet, both of you. Don't ever disturb me in the middle of a game. If there's a problem, deal with it. I'm busy." <laughs> you should have said it in a crazy voice. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then he ends up leaving. You know, everything is broken. They destroyed it. They pop out of the sewers because, of course, it's you know underground New York because everything's underground New York and in Marvel comics. Yeah, of course, we get an appearance by Jean DeWolf. Jean DeWolf, what? Yeah, Spider-Man supporting character throughout the seventies and eighties. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, it's went right over my head. I, I have never been able to read a lot of these. These a lot of the old comics are hard for me to read gotta be a certain kind of like if you read modern day comics it's hard to go back to some of these old comics yeah it usually has to be you know very it's only really the best stuff that's uh a lot of times not not just worth going back to but that you can really you know it's an acquired taste definitely mm-hmm. and the main reason why we brought up those two books is so we can get to the main well the main course of this episode <laughs> so uh, and and the next issue that I want us to talk about is going to be X-Men 120... Well, 122, we can barely mention. There's not a whole lot that has to do with Arcade, except for the very end of the issue. Yeah, 122, I... 123, 124. 122 I can, is one that I can talk a lot about, because this is one of my favorite kinds of X-Men issues. Where nothing happens? Well, but that's... Uh, I think it was you who brought up the quote about um, Claremont liking to treat the X-Men as real people. And this is one of those sort of breather issues uh, yeah, where we accurate. get to see yeah, where we get to see like Colossus just training or Storm wandering Harlem and you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the Colossus training part where Wolverine just sits his ass and like, well, if you can't do it, we'll di- I'll just die with you instead or something. Cause, yeah, because he's in the danger room trying to hold back two walls and Cyclops is like, he can do better than this. What's wrong with him? Maybe he's on the highways of the danger zone. <laughs> I mean, I I don't understand any of the part with Xavier in wherever in space, wherever the hell he's at, or what the hell oh, yeah. that because I never with read the any of that. Yeah I, yeah, I know a little bit about the Phoenix Saga and stuff, but this the stuff I know is from a cartoon. 
it's basically <laughs> it was the 70s and xavier basically goes out into space and just basically gets laid and does a bunch of drugs that's yeah. basically what he's doing yeah hell we're talking about the comic code they have a, they have it they have a part like we were talking about with storm wandering he ends up in a freaking crack house <laughs> she does mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i'm surprised that got that got past the comic code the comic code's still in this year yeah, yeah. the comics code thirty. I'm surprised that went through. Yeah, this, yep. is, a, this is a very weird uh, sort of transition point in X Men continuity because we're sort of right before the Dark Phoenix saga. Jean is in England because she thinks everyone's dead except everyone's at home, and Cyclops is hitting on Colleen Wing, and Wolverine's trying that to connect with America me a lot. That really yeah, it's... bothered me because I like Colleen Wing and I like Iron Fist. Like we're eventually gonna read the first fifteen issues of Iron Fist because I'm gonna make Stefan. Ooh. He just doesn't know that yet. Nope. <laughs> I love that early shit with Iron Fist. Really fucking good. <clears throat> might might, might want to come back for that one, but expensive. I own most of that run, but it's fucking good shit. Okay. Yeah, this but but this for me, because I've read all of Chris Claremont's X-Men. This to me was like where it starts picking up because I think he starts on issue 95, Tony, right? 94. 94, 95. And then he kind of is doing like the same thing that came before it. We're like, here's a villain. We have one issue where the X-Men go and take him out in like a dark castle or some crazy place. But as he gets over that (laughs) and he starts to fall in love with the X-Men, this is the part where you start to see them as a family and they start to like talk to each other as brother and sister. They're like, we're all together in the school. We have to kind of do our own thing now that Professor X took off with the laundry to go get laid. And uh, they, uh, they re- yeah, and they, they really do. They start to feel like a family. And then Kitty joins the gang, which is probably my favorite X-Men ever. So when they when this whole thing happens with arcade at the end, you have Joggernaut there. And what's the other dude's name? I forget his name. Black Tom. Yeah. Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah. yeah it's Black Tom right. Cassidy. White guy, and dude. those, those guys are all from pre Claremont X-Men. So those mm-hmm. that's, that's still the goofy stuff that he's trying to get rid of. And he's introducing arcade, which is still goofy, but he's going to read that line. I yeah. He's getting it. more, he's getting more into, who the X-Men will become because if anyone knows the X-Men and they know what they're about, all of that was basically created by Chris Claremont. I actually looked at the list of characters he's created and it's astounding. And some of them are, a lot of them are still around too. I mean, you got Gambit, Jubilee, uh, Kitty, um, a lot. I can't, I get, talk forever yeah and i mean yeah. it's like he didn't create gene but he did create the phoenix correct yeah okay that's cool that, uh, that i i didn't know but i thought i've never really i mean my my original introduction to x-men ever i want to say is pride of the x-men that little canceled short oh my god and, pride of the which, X-Men. i don't want to go into oh. here because we're going to do a whole thing about that in the future i'm sure um but also the x-men cartoon in the 90s which i'm sure is a lot of people's you know introduction but in the in the last back to what we're talking about in the last page of this issue the one that because we're kind of skipping over a lot of that because it doesn't have to do with what we're talking about you have arcade sitting in a chair curling his hat with a bunch of with a deck of, with a bunch of playing cards with, all, with the current 
X-Men roster on it. And I do like it where it has in, in, in bold letters like arcades, a name, murders a game. Yes, I want to do that. <laughs> the <laughs> X-Men are as good as dead. <laughs> Read all about it. Break. Oh, I can't even. Okay. Fun fair <laughs> is another name for murder. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I actually, and I have two of these three issues and I, and I feel like, well, you're looking at the cover of one of these issues. If you saw the cover art, if you listen to us on Podbean, because that is the cover art for this episode, it's going to be X-Men 123 arcades, murder world, which uh-huh. this, this irritated me on the cover says guest starring the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man does nothing in this issue. <laughs> Although it Not is me. kind of nice to have him at the beginning because it is like literally picking up where the Marvel team up issues ended. Yeah, like you have like I was really confused and like you start thought you have Cyclops walking around with a girl. I'm like, oh, that doesn't. I'm like, Jean Grey was just in England, and I'm like, that's not Jean Grey. What? Like that just blew me for a loop because I wasn't. I didn't understand. I, I haven't read anything until recently. Oh well, if anyone and, knows their lore of Cyclops, he's a complete dick and a douchebag. So that, that, this is true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, the, I mean, all Spider-Man does is, this, is he sees them. He sees Cyclops and Colleen Wing a garbage truck, and then it shows mm-hmm. the which, and and that's what triggers him to do whatever he's doing. Even though he doesn't show up again in this arc, does he? Like he's just gone. Nope. Nope. Okay. Oh, he calls our he calls uh, the mansion to tell them, and then Arcade answers the phone. Yeah. Yeah. This and he uh... breaks the phone booth. This always reminded me of something that I wanted to do. If I ever wrote for Marvel and I was writing, let's say, Spider-Man and somebody else was writing X-Men, whatever our issues were, I wanted at some point where, because New York is so small, I wanted, like, if I'm writing Spider-Man, he's on a roof running, chasing after somebody. And then whoever's writing the X-Men, they're, like, doing something down on street level. And they just kind of stop and see each other and wave and, like, hey, I'm going after... Doc Ock, we're going after Mr. Sinister. And then they just keep going. But in, in the X-Men issue, like you would see it from their perspective. And in the Spider-Man issue, we'd see it from his. And I always thought that would be a cool idea, like a little crossover. That's, cool. <laughs> that, that's just me. But that, that's what this reminds me of. Just Spider-Man <laughs> running into Cyclops in New York out of the blue. <laughs> and, and, and then it also has a couple scenes where Colossus, Nightcrawler at an opera or some shit, and they get captured by one of arcade henchmen where the guy have way too much money <laughs> but and you have wolverine because you have wolverine colossus banshee storm and cyclops yes mm-hmm. and nightcrawler i say nightcrawler yeah Ek- okay. and wolverine yeah okay. wolverine that, was was visiting his lady yukio yukio yeah yukio yeah oh I, um no mariko is her name mariko okay. And then, and of course, it, it has the same scene that you had in Marvel Team Up. They're all in a freaking pinball machine again, being bounced around. Because, you know, I, I do like the art of them all in a pinball. Like, I don't know why. I just, I like yeah. it. Although I will say for this one, the, uh, because, you know, obviously because there's more X-Men than there were in Marvel Team Up, you do get a lot more variety in the different traps. Yeah. Like yeah. Each, each trap is very set. Because they end up in different rooms, and each room is kind of designed for each each character and as we said before they're all they're all built with a way to escape and survive it mm-hmm. and we should I'll mention start with too the Cyclops that one. Like I, I was just going to mention real quick that when spider-man hears arcade on the other end of the phone he literally destroys that telephone booth yeah <laughs> like for no reason he just destroys public property <laughs> well he's a menace yeah that's right guys I mean, a menace think- 
I don't think we need to go too deep into Cyclops. I'm, there's a good chance listening to this episode, you under, you know who Cyclops is, so we're not going to go too mm-hmm. deep into it other than he's an asshole. He's a, yeah, he's a douchebag. <laughs> what a good leader. A good team leader. Yep. <laughs> but I, I do like, I mean, he falls in a room where it has a wall, the wall is pushing in on him. He has three different doors, and all three doors lead to his death anyway. Like, they're all brick walls. Mm-hmm. I think he blasts through them anyway or something, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. He just says, fuck it. And just No, he shoots the, the thing that's pushing, I think. The wall, shoots, yeah. Yeah, he shoots the wall and just breaks through. Because, you know, that was all all the plan. Tony, do you want to read what happens to Colossus? <laughs> uh, Colossus, it? he's there. You know, Arcade always has his, like, robots and holograms that look like specific people. And he makes, like, Android or something who looks like a Russian military official who basically brainwashes Colossus into becoming the proletarian in <laughs> the, like, most Super Mario Brothers overalls I've ever seen. <laughs> um, although it makes for a great cover for the next issue. Yeah, but it's just, it's so far-fetched. Like, in five minutes, Colossus breaks down under Russian pressure and just becomes one of the team, I guess. It, it's so weird oh yeah but i mean you know it fits all like, i can think of when I, I see this issue is you have like these lights in the background all i can think of there are four lights someone gets that reference listen to oh it. yeah that's so, uh next generation yes great great fucking episode i love uh, that episode stefan why don't you talk about the wolverine part oh yeah so this is going back to captain britain um, where he was walking by the mirrors and the like wonky looking wolverines jump out and start attacking them but they're robots <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Small androids are coming out of the mirrors from his reflection that are being built by right away maybe it's nano machines i don't know That's yeah nano machines son <laughs> i think he ends up just breaking his way out or something yeah yeah i mean none of those claws can't get through cyclops breaks through the wall when he's escaping and ends up with wolverine Right. They and this whole time Arcade is just like laughing his ass off, pressing buttons like, ah, let's change it to another channel. And then he starts watching Nightcrawler next. I like the Nightcrawler thing where he's being chased by demon bumper cars that are flying after him with saws. (laughs) I like what I really like Nightcrawler. I'm a huge fan of Nightcrawler. I just really like this character. I really want his first appearance in comics, but yeah, that's not happening anytime soon. (laughs) That'd be giant size X Men along with most of the other characters in this book. Yeah, that's why I haven't. I have a reprint of it, but that's as close as I'm going to probably get. That's like an $800 book or more. Yeah, I have a reprint of that too. But I, <laughs> I really like Nightcrawler. I mean, he he's a character I, I think they don't do enough with. He's, he's not a current character, I feel like. I mean, he's an mm, he is. Too. I he's think current? He's, he's current. Yeah, he's he just came back. Spoiler I don't mm-hmm. read current comics. <laughs> uh, you really should. If anyone doesn't know, as of this recording, they just finished off Powers of X, and what's the other one, Tony? House well, of X. It's House of X and Powers of Ten. That's Powers uh, of Ten. Yeah, well, Jonathan Hickman basically yeah. resetting all of X Men continuity. You know, uh, not gonna get too deep into it here, but it's fantastic. Oh, An excellent yeah. jumping on point for current. If anyone wants to read X Men, I would give it five it's been stars. three months since they ended, guys. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> we're time travelers. <laughs> but one character that I, I kind of know, but I didn't like before reading these couple X-Men issues, I didn't really know. I still know a lot about Banshee. Banshee's one of those characters that I just don't 
even care about, I guess. Oh, no. I don't guess. I know I don't give a shit about Banshee. But Banshee's sad because he, he's like an OG character. He's been here since the Silver Age. And he's a great character. It's just that people just forget he exists. Yeah, that's fair. He, he I don't like his outfit either. It just looks too... He needs different colors. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that was his Silver Age costume, so I, I he just never got a change of clothes, I guess. I actually, yeah. random uh, breaking point, I actually have his first appearance <laughs> from X-Men, like, one of the really early X-Men issues. Yeah. Really? It's in, I bought it for in like over a dollar. It's in terrible condition. Oh. <laughs> Even then, that's, that's a pretty damn good deal. Buddy, do you mind? But... <laughs> You should uh, get it graded to see how bad the grading well, is. It's, it's bad. If I once I when I dig through when I move again, I, I'll dig it out and send you a picture. But it'll be a while. But okay. But Banshee's being chased by a bunch of like World War II jets to have like I didn't notice this when I was reading earlier, but I'm that's I'm talking about it now. It's a Nazi symbol. One of the planes that's coming after him. There's yeah. a Nazi swastika on it. Like that yeah. wouldn't get away with it now. Because I think but, I think he's supposed to be like an actual veteran. Um, because he was always in in Claremont's run like a like an older statesman on the team, and he also doesn't have mm-hmm. his powers in this in this issue. Like he lost his powers or something. Yeah, he just lost his powers after like overexerting himself on a different uh, different mission. And so then you have dude, and you have the one level that they took from this comic to put inside that stupid X Men game for we were talking about earlier with Storm. Yeah, oh, yeah, because oh, lightning and water. Do not mix. It's called death. But, you know, and she, she's also effective. claustrophobic. Yeah, so I don't. He should have just put her in a box, and she would have been terrified. Yeah, <laughs> but he I drowns mean, her. Almost. At this point in the run, I think we have uh, done the like claustrophobia thing, like oh, about a dozen times already. So I think it's good to get a little variety in there. I mean, I guess That's it makes true. sense to have her swimming. I don't. Know, I didn't. I, I do like it when, if you were saying earlier, Mario Brothers uh, Colossus shows up yeah, and he is wearing the overalls and has like Lenin's face on the uniform and proletarian. The sickle. Proletarian, yeah. And then and you I, have the three. I just love, I think you were about to talk about the like, you know, we're not going to put the hostages in like a plastic capsule like last time. We're going to wrap them in a nice bow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's so stupid, says- but it's. He says his first mission is to smash the X Men, and just laughing, and then you, and then, and then you, then that brings you on to X Men One Twenty Four, which I actually I've seen this issue many, many times. I never picked it up, and that's where you have yeah. uh, Mario Brothers Colossus standing there choking Cyclops and Storm. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad Tony mentioned that. I am too. I, I, I wouldn't have thought it. of it. I think <laughs> I have this issue. I think it's not that cheap, but it's it's cool. And after you have them all, like, it starts off with them all fighting proletarian and getting their ass handed to them. And that's where, it, and this is where you finally get Arcade's origin, where he killed his father and everything that we were talking about earlier. Because mm-hmm. he's telling Colleen, or telling one of the girls, as he's about to kiss him. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of cool, though, because they show, like, a little bit of, like, him standing outside a murder world, like, pointing where he wants things to go. Like, he has this all cooped up in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the, you'd have to kill all those people though. Like after they build it, that's true. It would be like uh, the Death Star <laughs> or Spencer Mansion. Oh yeah, that's or a maybe good one. maybe he just like provides really good benefits that makes them not want to turn coat. <laughs> they got great health care, so they don't care if he's killing people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, wow. It, and then it, it, I was just going to say, most of the people that it looks like he kills are politicians anyway. Middle World Employment uh, comes with a very good 401k. Uh, uh, we'll just be building things. So it wouldn't be too terrible. But then you have a bunch of the characters. Like, essentially, it all ends up where each one of them will team up together. Cyclops and Nightcrawler, Wolverine and Banshee, and end up working together to free themselves. And I do like the scene when Wolverine cuts open the wall and then you see Hulk and Magneto standing there looking at him. And he's like, oh, great, I'm ready for a rematch. <laughs> it was a reference to Hulk 181, Wolverine's first appearance. But I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. That made Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's because it makes you think, like, did he just have these lying around? Yeah, like a, that's what a I... robot of the Hulk and Magneto, just in case? I mean, it's arcade, so. <laughs> it makes, makes sense to have those ones, too. And then you have Storm, where she strips down when she's swimming to have less weight or something. <laughs> yeah. Claremont loved to do that all the time. Oh, I have his characters stripped down. Uh, specifically Storm. Especially in those <laughs> like 70s issues, the amount of time that she's nude is like, okay, geez. That's true. And then you have, I do like it where Nightcrawler ends up sneaking into, into Arcade's room and just goes boo and just scares him. I really got a kick out of that. I mean, he doesn't work out too well for him because I gas him or shoot him or something, but I did like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then you finally have... I was just going to say, it's nice to see Wolverine slashing Hulk again, even if it is a robot. Yeah, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. It makes me chuckle. From here, (laughs) it's uh, pretty straightforward. Just um, everyone gets back together and sort of gets Colossus to come to his senses. Yeah, this this goes back to their family bonding. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty what they say is how... I mean, mean, a lot of it's supposed to be that Colossus kind of feels like an outsider to... I mean, especially if you think about in the 70s, you did have the Cold War going on. So you have a Russian character with this team of mostly Americans. Nightcrawler is a German, and I don't know what Banshee is. But so you, you do have, and you have Storm that's from an, uh, I can't remember what country she's from, but not America. So I guess you do have a kind of mixture of people. <laughs> ben, Banshee is, Banshee's Irish. I should have known that. Mm-hmm. But I do like it as they as they end up getting out of the escape murder world, and then all four of the hostages come floating down, wrapped up still. Yeah. with a note that says round one to you x-men till next time arcade i mean he's a strange villain and for some reason he's it's because of that stupid game i've always <clears throat> really liked it and that's why we are doing this <laughs> correct and, and then we're gonna jump forward to the 1980s uh, 1981 to be exact mm-hmm. uh, we originally weren't gonna read this arc but i am so thankful that we did because this was really fucking good X, yeah, on uh, X Men, one forty five through one forty seven. This is a great arc. I was fucking impressed. Like I, I mean, for one, I mean, since I haven't read much of Claire, or any of Claremont run, I didn't really know who, what, what, which team, who's on the X Men at this time. Like I want to say the current X Men. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Are Storm, Angels, Colossus, Wolverine, Nightcrawler? Yeah, and then um, because this story arc sort of is in two because we have one team. Which is that one going and uh, dealing with Doctor Doom, who has Arcade hostage, and then you have a uh, second team: Iceman, Polaris, Havoc, and Banshee, who are trying to rescue hostages that Arcade has in order to incentivize the original team to try to come save them from Doctor Doom. They're not because Havoc, Polaris, Pol- Polaris, who those who don't know, is one of Magneto's daughters. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's not part of the team anymore. Have or will never be part of the team. I'm not sure. Havoc is Scott Summers, Cyclops' brother, who's not part of the team anymore. 
Iceman's going to college, and <laughs> Banshee doesn't have any power, so I guess he's not part of the team anymore. Yeah, he's so. sort of retired. That's actually a common trope, too, in Claremont's X-Men. At some point, someone loses their powers. It's happened to Storm, I think Jubilee. It's happened to a couple of people. Yeah. How can Jubilee lose her powers? She doesn't have any. She became a vampire. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Jubilee. But, so She's you have... my favorite X-Men, so we're going to go to the map for that. <laughs> I don't like Jubilee because all I can all I can hear are the Jubilee from the X Men show. So. That's exactly why I love her. She's great in that show. I'm just thinking. Yeah. First I when right when I saw Claremont at New York Comic Con, I made sure to get him to sign my first appearance of Jubilee. I've nice. bought that. I've had the chance multiple times to buy that book for under fifteen dollars. I never I never bothered to. It's a good issue. Uh, it's got Jubilee first appearance. I didn't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's when all the marauders that's when the marauders show up that's actually a really great story arc oh yeah i think that actually is the first appearance of the marauders as well when no they're never mind they're they're way earlier mm-hmm. okay but uh some, something i do want to point out in this issue as well is that <laughs> beast is not part of the x-men anymore he's in the avengers and they yes. show up and talk to him yeah which I didn't is really it's get that. Mm-hmm, it's weird it's really yeah, weird i didn't I didn't know that he was a Avenger. I mean, I, I know he's an Avenger. I guess it didn't compute that it was around the same time. I actually, I actually have collected a ton of Avenger comics just because I like the covers a lot. And I like the Avengers. That's mm-hmm. because I'm a collector, not a reader. Yeah. <laughs> but in this issue, as you have the two teams getting together to go raid the two different places because they they're not going to let Arcade or Doom black, or well, someone blackmail them or both. Much. Yeah, it was, it was and, Arcade because Arcade's assistant came to them wanting them to save Arcade from Doom and they were using the hostages as leverage. Mm-hmm. And one I do want to say is, I mean, and during this issue off and on during this little story arc, you have Cyclops stranded on an island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sort of just a seeds for the story that came immediately after this. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And that's a good story as well. God damn it. Chris Claremont wrote so many good stories. And you, <laughs> so you have the one team, Wolverine, Angel, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Storm, that raids Doctor Doom's cast. And I do like. There's one part where they end up fighting these four robotic that are that these four robotic like soldiers wearing suits that were designed to fight the Fantastic Four, and they just wipe their ass with them after a little bit. I did like that. I did like how they just like they're like we were designed to beat the Fantastic Four. It's like yeah, you're you're fighting the X Men now. I did like that. Yeah, I like how uh, Claremont introduces Doom, too. He's like, I am Doom. I rule here. I understand you have some business with me, young woman. <laughs> I'm not given to impulsive decisions. Shall we discuss this matter further over dinner? <laughs> yeah, we have dinner yeah. with Storm. Yeah, he it's and Storm Doom. Have, an, have a very interesting relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm also a real big fan of Angel. That's also another one of my favorite characters of the X-Men. Really? Yeah. Well, I like Archangel. Archangel. Angel's great. Yeah. I really like Angel too. I, I'll never get his first appearance either, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I've given up on that. Okay, but um, and the one thing I do want to mention is they're all fighting, and they end up and they end up going Doom get and get and they get their ass beat by Doom, of course, because you know it's Doom. And I, he does something that and he sprays Storm with some kind of like aluminum thing or chrome. He chromes her, and ends up where she's claustrophobic, so she's sealed in chrome. Yeah. Which has got to be terrible for a person that's claustrophobic. 
And that's where she ends up starting to create a giant thunderstorm that's going on in the background of this issue. Or starts in the background of the rest of this arc, I should say. Not. Correct. The next mm-hmm. issue, X-Men 146. <laughs> I've seen this cover so many times and I can't remember if I ever bought it or not. Because randomly they have Havoc on the cover all in a white suit for some stupid reason. Like, I don't understand that. Um, I think it's just his powers being on. I know, but he just looks so stupid. I, I mean, if the, anyone looks weird, it's uh, Polaris with her weird uh, purple suit. You see, for me, it didn't mean anything because I barely even know who Polaris is. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, until I read this issue, I didn't. I've seen this issue many, many times in comic book stores. I picked it up, never bought it. I don't think I ever bought it. Who knows? It, it looks but like her I, Halloween costume. I didn't even know who Polaris was. I do. That's that. a long story. Yeah, <laughs> Polaris is a great character. And then I, I like. Then you have Arcade walking around, and he has um, Storm, who's doing everything he says, or everything Doom says. He's like, "How did you get Storm to follow?" And he's like, and he takes off her face. He's like, "She's an android." So, <laughs> which I, I did like that. And he has a mind around. <laughs> yeah, he got a freaking ton of them. And that's where also then Doom kind of follows the murder world and puts each of the X Men in their own type of jail cell. I mean, Nightcrawler's in a cube. Colossus is on a mountain where the mountain is completely dissolving. Wolverine's in a room where he can't get his balance straight. Angel's in a birdcage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Stefan, do you kind of want to talk about how what their other team is doing at this point? I was actually going to mention um, that Cyclops is on the island and he's ran into somebody. Yeah. I was going to, you know, remember that. Yeah. Anyway, the other team are... <laughs> Uh, they're basically blasting into Murder World, and they think they got the jump on it, and a hologram comes on. It's Miss Locke, and she says, Welcome to Murder World, X-Men. And then they fall into these tubes that take them to different parts of Murder World, and (laughs) Iceman has to fight a hockey team, which is (laughs) hilarious. Uh, Android Hall, I think it's called. The hockey team? Oh, yep. The the room of Android Hall, yep, and it's an ice ring above a pool of ass correct and uh polaris has to fight evil horses on a carousel <laughs> which is just weird with and, a lot uh, with um colossus's sister she thinks it's her sister his sister and finds out an android and's like eat hot lead sucker i mean it's just with a devil face yeah <laughs> oh iliana in the days before she was magic she mm-hmm. becomes magic oh yeah okay let's see how much i read pay attention to him i mean and each of them are trying to rescue somebody you have banshee who's not really banshee anymore who looks like freaking nick fury is the best way to explain it and he ends up blowing a hole in the wall and ends up finding who he thinks is well moira who i kind of know who moira is and she's on a train track tied up like we're in the 1920s or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) but dudley do right yeah and freaking uh havoc's in a little like spaceship shooting looks like he's playing galaga i mean it's just a weird it's just a where the world is always weird like it's just a strange freaking place <laughs> i like how uh miss locks like uh you, you guys will never find the control room and then right behind her's havoc bending over with a smile like want to bet he yeah. looks so goofy in that panel I... yes he does he's sitting there <laughs> he's looks... holding his hand he's got a big smirk it really looks stupid as well. yeah miss lock ain't yep. no arcade no yep and that's when they also got ambushed by the by the hostages and quotations they rescued turn out. And then they all start smiling and, and blow up on them because they're all, all androids. I mean, yeah. that was kind of funny. 
Because you can just see <laughs> the you can see the smile. And leads into the next issue. Yes, which is because mm-hmm. it, it shows Nightcrawler disappeared that he escaped the cage. And Arcade just laughing at Doctor Doom because he didn't completely prepare for what the X-Men can do. Right. And then he's out in the storm that Storm is creating because she's locked in the in the trap. Yeah. And this is in the crumb uh, still. I and I and I love this because she sort of, you know, ends up sort of breaking out of it and is sort of going crazy. And this is great just because this is so soon after the Dark Phoenix saga and it's even on the cover that's like, We did it before, dare we do it again? You know, we killed Gene. Do we kill Storm now too? Mm-hmm. I didn't get that reference. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I remember like hearing Claremont in interviews talk about doing stuff like that. That like now that um they're post Dark Phoenix, that means that he has a whole bunch of credibility with the readers that now whenever he puts people like Storm or Colossus in danger, that you know, it's serious now. They could actually die. Yep. That makes sense. That that, that brings a lot more to that cover than I was thinking. To bring to draw your reader in so people would buy the book. Yeah, except for when they reneged on the whole Dark Phoenix saga. But yeah, it was good until then. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, but okay. But I do like how Nightcrawler escapes where he teleports two miles into the freaking sky to get away. Mm-hmm. I, I did like that. Well, I just like Nightcrawler. He's just awesome. Yeah, it shows a little bit of his like secret skills to like infiltrate places a little bit, which would come in handy later as his character went on. Yeah, and it's fun to sort of go back to one of these early issues and see just uh, how much their powers have evolved because like back then, you know, he couldn't really travel that far, especially if he was carrying someone. Whereas now you read a more modern comic and he's just teleporting all over the place. No problem. Ferrying people around. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. I mean, I didn't get that because I don't really know much about him other than his special is he goes real fast around and kind of teleports and hit all the enemies on the screen. But you know, that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's Someone familiar with his special effect in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I was just thinking of the X-Men <laughs> arcade game. Welcome to die. That's, that's my more initial experience in my car. But okay. And then you have Colossus when he's on that mountain that he realizes he has to transform back into Peter and then jump into the water to avoid the lasers from killing him, which I thought was. Yeah. And uh, Chris Claremont put a lot of thought, too, into Wolverine escaping because he pops his claws and just starts slashing things. Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, what else was he gonna do? <laughs> I do like the part when Wolverine escapes and he sees Storm and she's like, "Stop!" And then he just kills her and Doom's like, "How did you just kill your ally?" He's like, "She don't smell the same, bub." You know, which I did like. <laughs> yeah, they draw a little cool panel with Wolverine after and, Doom blasts him. And for the longest time, yeah. I thought this was Wolverine's original costume was the brown, the brown and yellow costume. For a long time, I thought that was his original costume because that's the costume that I grew up knowing from the X-Men cartoon, the X-Men arcade game, and a lot of early X-Men stuff that you would see. He has this costume. No, nope. his uh, first costume is just some Fruit of the Looms and a mechanical helmet. Oh, we're not talking about that one. But <laughs> Just first, kidding. Well, the, the yellow but you're not wrong. Technically, that is his first costume. If you want to get that. Weapon X, yeah. But I'm talking about, well, I mean, even the one that I knew, the yellow and black one, it's not completely the first one. The first one has whiskers in his first appearance. Yes, it does. Yep. So fucking stupid. Yeah. Although I, I will say that reading a lot of these early Claremont issues gave me, because uh, I was the same way, like the yellow and blue was the one I always knew him in. But uh, it, these gave me a lot more appreciation for the yellow and brown. It's a good costume. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and then another thing that I didn't mention or that we had mentioned yet, is Angel in his birdcage. He has to fly in a maze pattern or something to escape. It wasn't that cool. So it doesn't deserve a whole lot of recognition, but I do <laughs> want to mention it. And then um, you have, yes. I do want to mention, though, that um, if anyone's curious, when Wolverine was created, he was just going to be uh, an assassin. And then later on, he joined the X-Men. And then even further down the line, Chris Claremont actually wanted Wolverine to be a covert op. And this whole time, he was actually a bad guy hanging out with the X-Men. But Marvel was like, no. <laughs> huh, I actually didn't know that. I'm not either. Yeah. He was going to turn heel and try to kill all the X-Men. That could have been cool. Could have been. Okay, and then you have them release Storm from her chrome shell, and she kind of becomes a phoenix. Is that what this is supposed to be a reference to, Dark Phoenix? Yeah, that's sort of the feel you're supposed to get from her with, like, the electric hair and stuff. Okay, and then they get her, and then they get her back to normal after a little while, and then they take our, they make Arcade apologize. That, that was stupid. Like, tell them you're sorry. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, Doom is, like, weirdly very cool with it after it's all done. <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah, you, guys, you guys can just go. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And then oh. we're not going to. And then the last the last panel shows Cyclops on the beach. I did like it where or last page where the girl's like, good morning. He's like, good morning, Gene. She's like, who? Who's Gene? I, I did laugh at that. Uh, <laughs> it's just Cyclops being Cyclops. I don't know a whole lot about Cyclops, but I know everyone always says he's an asshole, including Stefan. Oh, yeah. He, uh... <laughs> I mean, if you think of a dad leaving a pregnant woman who's carrying his child, that's Cyclops. Yeah, <laughs> that's how uh, X Factor starts. Mm-hmm. I've read a bunch of X Factor actually. I own the majority of that run for some reason. Wow. A, do you that's own a, uh, that's a good run? Yeah. Do you own uh, Apocalypse's? Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. I, got, I, have, I, got... I have that too. I my dumbass. Uh, there was a convention here in Minnesota like, last year. One of the guy, the guy who did uh, X Factor number five, was here, and I just didn't go to meet him. I didn't. I wasn't able to get off work that day. But Louis yeah. Simonson? Can't remember his name. I just know it. I just remember at the time looking up his biography, and he had done X, X Factor five, and I was gonna meet him to get him to sign my book. That's probably him then. Oh no, Bob Layton. Yeah, did, Bob, uh, Bob Layton, the guy that did Iron Man off. Yeah, Louis Simonson did number six. Okay, she was the one who created Apocalypse. Okay, he was yeah, he was that guy wasn't there. It was the Bob Layton guy. L Louis a woman, but oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Louis actually uh, married to Walter Simonson. If uh, you know his work on Thor, sounds vaguely familiar. He he basically created Betty Ray Bill and did like all the stuff that like Thor Ragnarok uh, pulled from. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of yeah. I know Beta Ray Bill. I have a, but that's about that's about as far as that goes. Yeah, I do love the end of this issue just because the story that leads into one forty eight to one fifty is a fantastic story. Mm -hmm. Who, oh, uh, Mike? Mike, yes. take a shot in the dark. Which villain would you say is in that tower that Scott's looking at on the last page? <laughs> <laughs> Mister Sinister, but I know it's not Mister Sinister because he doesn't come out to two hundred something. But that's what would have came in my mind. That's a good guess, but no, it's not Mr. Sinister. No, I know. He, he, his first appearance is 223? No, it's like 211 no. or something. It's 200 something, though. I have mm -hmm. it. And it's Havoc on the cover getting blasted. Yes. It's a really yeah. dumb cover. No, I know. That's, just, that's, what it, that's who I would think it should be looking at that idea of something coming out of nowhere. 
Yeah, that's a good guess. I know it's not him because he wasn't invented yet. <laughs> so, but yeah. one thing that we kind of had touched on in the beginning is that, at least for me and Stefan, our I'm pretty sure Stefan the same reason why you like arcade because that stupid game, right? Uh, yeah, that's part of it. So I actually tried to play this, play that game for the show because I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna finally tackle Spider-Man: The X-Men. I got my save states. I'm all ready. I start playing. You know, I'm playing through the first level. I finish it. Okay, I'm feeling kind of good. I'm playing through. I start playing the Wolverine level. I'm playing. I get through the whole level. I take some damage. I save, load. You know, I get to the end. And I fight the boss. And I die. Okay, I'll just restart. You know, right in front of the boss. Right nope you get to start the whole level over again i said fuck this game and that was the end of that even with save <laughs> states i couldn't finish a level of that shitty ass game I just... yeah <clears throat> when i was growing up me and my friends would pick a character and then that person that kid would have to like learn that character's level so that we could all play a part in the game and beat it together and i got spider-man and i think gambit and like Spider-Man's levels are some of the easiest levels in the game, which oddly enough, I was lucky. <laughs> it's a it's a really dumbass game. Like yeah, Spider-Man, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, and Gambit. Gambit's not even around in any of what is what is kind of based on the, of the a murder world in the night. These two the two stories we just got done reading. Gambit doesn't yeah. show up way later. <laughs> no, um, he shows up around the same time Jubilee does, so that's way later. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's that's for me, is, and that's what's always kind of had my my love for this character, and that's what made made me want to pick this for the show, just so I could finally read these damn issues and talk because I wasn't going to read them, I wasn't going to be talking about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I, every like other little issue I've read of Arcade, like he was in. Um, what's the other X Men comic? Not X Factor. X Force. X- x-force i think he was in there and i just didn't like the way he was written in that were his have... feet really weird did he have a lot of pouches on his white jacket as <laughs> drawn by rob liefeld <laughs> uh, big ass gun <laughs> no arcade ever has a gun he just has a giant gun for some reason not instead yeah. of a cane and a hat he's got a giant gun <laughs> rob liefeld. and anyone that doesn't follow rob liefeld he, he's if you follow him on twitter he's crazy well i gotta say he's lost yeah. it Arcade has made a couple recent appearances that are have been pretty fun. Um, there was a um, uh, last year there was like a Chris, uh, an X Men Christmas issue that came out with a bunch of different short stories in it, and my favorite one in there is a story with Jubilee single handedly taking on a mall that uh, Arcade has converted into Murder World. Oh my god, I gotta read this. For like 12 hours straight, she's trapped in there with her baby, and uh, she's gotta survive, and she does, and she kicks Arcade's ass. Wow, that sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think it's time that we should move on to Shelter Box. What about you guys? Mm, All right, yeah. Sure. Um, are Are we shelving and or boxing these arcs individually, or? Yes. Because I don't think we have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go first, since this was my idea. Um, I'll kind of keep it a little... Like, first, with Marvel team up, you know, it is, his, it is his intro, but I don't give a shit about Captain Britain. I still don't give a shit about Captain Britain, and I don't think I'll ever <sighs> give a shit about Captain Britain. So, even though it was entertaining, it's going in the box. And then the second one, the first X-Men where they fight him, I mean, that that was pretty damn good for me. I mean... 
I've always wanted to read those books. I own one of those books that I was so excited to get my hands on just because I, I didn't even know it existed until I walked the complex store and saw it sitting on a wall. Um, that's and then the, the two X Men because they're both both the X Men runs or arcs with Arcade are going on the shelf because they are awesome and I will be telling people to read them from many from now on. I will be recommending especially that second one. It's amazing. How about you, Tony? Uh, I'd probably shelving all three because I I do really like um. You know, you do see a lot of creativity in that first story, and it's also sort of part of that tradition of Claremont sort of, uh, in other books, sort of introducing or planting seeds for things that he then brings into X-Men. Like, he did the same thing with uh, uh, having Rogue first appearing in an Avengers annual before he brings him over into Uncanny. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Even if it's Marvel team-up, that is, like, the X-Men run. So, I mean, I can't box that. It's Chris Claremont yeah. and John Byrne. Yeah, but... Captain <laughs> Britain is, and yeah, I mean, I kind of like Captain Britain. I mean, he's hokey. He comes back later in the X-Men story once uh, Psylocke becomes more important. You know, it's it's interesting. And, you know, I, I've always liked me some Spider-Man, so why not? <laughs> I like as, Spider-Man, but not the Spider-Man. As for the other two <laughs> stories, I, I mean, you said pretty much everything... That second one is like, I'm not going to say peak Claremont, but it is definitely sort of him really having found his stride with these characters, knowing how to use them in action and knowing how to play with his audience. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, Mr. Stefan? I'm going to shelf this first appearance with uh, Spider-Man and Captain Britain. I'll give Captain Britain a pass for character. <laughs> But that outfit has got to go in a box somewhere. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, I just love I love Murder World. So every time there's Murder World, then I'm on board. So the first one, the first story is going on the shelf. The second one with the X-Men, I think that's where Arcade finally came into character. And we finally got to see the X-Men experience some real traps and challenges. So that one is also going on the shelf. The last one with Doctor Doom... You know, it's so weird because I love Dr. Doom and I love the way Chris Claremont writes Dr. Doom. But the actual story, I feel like Arcade kind of takes a backseat to the whole thing. He's just a hostage. So I am putting this one in the box and it's weird that I'm putting it in the box because I feel like I shouldn't. But I have, if we're talking about Arcade, he's not a major player in it. And for that reason, I'm putting it in the box. Okay. But, yeah, but I still implore everyone to go read Chris Claremont's X-Men. Like, do it right now. No, there are ways. I will not say that on this episode, but Google is your friend. I will say that. Oh, and Marvel like said, Unlimited. If you have, yeah, if you have Marvel Unlimited, I mean, that's a great legal way to read them and well worth it. So yeah, take and it's out. got the entire run from 94 all the way to 279. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, randomly, I didn't know this, but as I'm looking at other stuff, it looks like The Essential Iron Fist Volume 1 was also written by Chris Claremont. Yes, he did a, a very long run on Iron Fist when he first appeared. <laughs> oh, not a very long run. And only his 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 run only went fifteen issues before they got they got done with him. Oh, that's that's more than a year. Hey, well, that's because <laughs> they combined it into Power Man because Power Man wasn't doing as good. Uh, what year did that come out? You were asking me questions I cannot answer. Seems I think seventies. Uh, I think it's the seventies. Okay. For sure. Carl right. Mirror number 15 is Iron Fist's Iron Fist first appearance. All right. Yeah. So it's, I don't think I've read that run. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got news for you. 
Okay. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for taking the time out to read this episode. If you read this episode while well, listen to this episode, first I want to say if you like this, uh, we, we we do a comic episode every every month. And you're listening to this. There's a good chance that by the time I do release it, there's about six of these to listen to. So I hope you take the time out. You know, again, this is we usually pick a, a story arc or something, but this is something that meant a lot to me and stuff, and so we we had to take the time out to dig into it because we had to. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that, there's no. I mean, I I wanted to do it. I have a podcast, and I and I have a buddy who actually likes arcade as much as I do. So we 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 yeah. had we had. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I implore you guys to definitely listen to more episodes and and definitely our comic ones. I mean, we love doing this, and definitely the more people that take the time out to listen to it, gets us more excited to want to bring you different arcs and different stories that that are near and dear to our heart or stuff that we just never read. And Stefan wants to torture me. That happens quite often too, because Stefan <laughs> likes trash. Oh, hey. One thing funny I do want to say, since I can mention this. So Stefan ends up posting something on, on Facebook. We were talking where I guess his roommate went and bought a bunch of stuff. He's like, oh, she bought a bunch of trash. And she looks at him and he's holding a Freddy, uh, Friday the 13th comic. She's like, I see you did too. That was perfect. That was perfect reading that. I was a smart girl. Um, I don't know her, but that was, that was a good one on her. Yeah, we, we will not be reviewing those comics. They're just too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hoping, anyone hoping you did that. pay more than a dollar for that comic oh no those comics go for a lot more <laughs> uh yeah i will not say how much but it's a lot more than a dollar <laughs> it wasn't from the goodwill was it no yeah collectors are crazy yeah yep oh uh, and i just want to say our awesome intro came courtesy of bulby aka mike stoney from his ep cool kid squad song bite no Bite the bullet, cool shit. I don't even know. You know what? I said over 50, 60 times at this point. It's all right. Listen to somewhere else. You'll hear it. Link will be in the show notes. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. You guys have an awesome night, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Yep. Go read comics.